This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, later on this afternoon from 2 to 4, there is going to be a special forum at the SFU Surrey campus. And this is all about continuing uh, the number of women running for office in Surrey. Joining us to talk a bit more about this is Berinder Rossotti, former city councillor in uh, that city. Berinder, great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me on such an important topic, Jill. It it is an important topic. And what are you going to be discussing or, or talking about at the forum? Well, I, I, as many people may know, have a personal experience. I've uh, run for um, municipal council. I also ran for mayor and was unsuccessful. So there's certainly lots of things that I've learned about along the way, both about our, our electoral process, about community, and then about women themselves. And what is different about it, do you think, or is it different for women running for office, whether it's for councillor or for mayor, uh, opposed to a man? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, um, our cultural uh, gender differences, some of them are uh, unfair and stereotypical, but some of them are a reality and some things women would not like to change. For example, when women are asked to run for office, their first response generally is, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready. Have you thought of so-and-so? And I have all these other responsibilities in my life. And research shows that usually um, men will not only be the first to put up their hand to be considered, but when asked, they immediately say yes. And, and, you know, that's something that I think as women we have to ask ourselves. There's studies that say that women won't apply for a job when they have close to 60%, over 60% of the qualifications. Um, and generally, men will apply if, even though they have well below 60% of the qualifications listed on a job description. So I think one of the things is that as women are, you know, tasked still with the respons- majority of the responsibility for raising children or caring for elderly parents, the consideration becomes quite different. The other thing that is um, a reality still for us in our society is the political process is still geared for um, a lot of uh, around the nomination process to be a part of a um, political circle or political club that women traditionally not, have not been a part of. So finding space within that circle is also very tough. And then women, when women do run and put their name on the ballot, we've seen, just like with um, journalists, the type of scrutiny that is placed upon them on things that are really irrelevant to their qualifications for running for office, but lifestyle choices, the way they dress, um, past life choices are um, amplified more than they are for men. And we certainly have seen that. Have you seen it? Has it changed at all in that we have had several very powerful women in this province, be it at school board, municipal level, provincial level? Has that helped change that at all? No, and there was a, a New York Times, um, there was a study done recently where um, the case study presented two exactly equal candidates. One's name was uh, a male name, one was a woman's name. And the focus group and the research participants were all really great with the candidate um, until that candidate um, started to be called or described as assertive and strong and making making really um, big leaps in, within their political career. And as soon as the focus group saw that women being as what they deemed to be ambitious, the group turned. 
So as you've mentioned, we have been very lucky and have elected um, women to office in key positions. Um, but look at the scrutiny those women have faced and look at the descriptions that are used to describe that woman that become very personal and not even based on policy. Uh, that would be very different for a man in that position. So how do we, and I know that will be part of the conversation this afternoon, how do we begin to change that? You know, I, I think it's uh, an awareness and an understanding um, early on about the importance of um, our electoral, electoral process, making sure that we're creating um, a fair playing field. I think governments are doing this with spending caps and electoral electoral finance reform. I think we see that a little bit around um, mass party nominations. It's very hard for women to participate in that process. So not only the, do political parties have to make a conscious effort um, to make sure the process is engaging women, um, but we as women not only have to step up, but one of the challenges I say is that um, we also need to create a support network of women around other women so women aren't feeling vulnerable when they're in that space. Uh, right, because there tends to be, I think, the idea that uh, th- this is coming, that, that type of behavior, that, that um, reaction is coming from men. But in some cases, and I'm sure you've experienced this too in your political life, uh, it can come from other women. Oh, absolutely. And I think that um, I know one thing for sure. When I was a councillor, I was a councillor for six years ago. I got elected in 2008. Uh, my children at that point were all either teenagers or I had one, uh, my daughter was younger. And I'd be standing beside a counselor whose children were ex- almost exactly the same age as mine. And the number of times somebody would come ask me and say, well, who's looking after your kids? When they would not ask him the same question uh, was quite striking to me. Uh, when I ran for mayor, uh, I did a TEDx speech after and a realization hit me after the election when I spoke at a school and these two young girls came to me and gave me a big hug and said, we asked our dads to vote for you, but they said, no, you're divorced. When I reflected back on my experience, I was too brown for some of the doors I knocked in that would slam the door in my face and say, your people are taking over. But I really believe that I was too white for some of the more conservative males from the community of my heritage. And um, that for me... um, in a very odd way, A, made me feel better because it wasn't that people didn't think I was qualified or hadn't worked hard. They were judging me by things about me that I couldn't change. Um, but that also motivated me to work harder for my daughter and for others because there is, there is, there is still a stigma that comes from both men and from other women towards women who choose political office. We uh, we only have a minute left. Uh, we could talk more about this, but I do want to get the information out there. If people want to come to the forum, can they still do that? Yes, they can um, at SFU today. And uh, very looking forward to not only people coming, but getting engaged. Uh, Women Transforming Cities has also created a uh, pink book that they create during municipal campaigns. So that not only are women's issues highlighted, but women candidates are supported. So please do reach reach out and become a part of the process because there's a a woman out there who would be a great advocate for our communities who deserves to be in elected office. All right. Verinder, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it this morning. 
Thank you. All right. That is uh, Berinder Rossotti, former city councillor in Surrey. She also ran for mayor of Surrey. That is happening. The event, uh, you do have to register. It's a free event, but if you register, it is from 2 to 4 this afternoon at the SFU Surrey campus. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.